Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. And as you are being seated, look at your neighbor and tell them you don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even know. We're starting a brand new series today called Red or Green. If you are not from the state of New Mexico, then you don't even know. You're like, what is that? That, that, that question that you're going to be asked anytime you go to eat at a New Mexican restaurant. Now, I'm from Missouri, so I'm country. And so we didn't know when I first moved out here 16 years ago. I mean, we're driving here trying to find Los Alamos, looking at the map, and we're, we're, we're saying things like, there's, ah, that town, I can't quite pronounce it. It's like uh, Pojo K. Um, and then, then uh, it's right before you get to Espanol, and, and you're like, it's not, there's an A on the end of that. It's Espanola, not Espanol, but we're a country, so we don't know. And then you get to the restaurant, and you're kind of like, man, I don't know how to pronounce it, but those quasadillas sound amazing. And I'd like a little bit of chips and quaso before we get started, because that looks good too. Like, you don't even know. Um, red or green? It's the question you're going to get asked. Or... Christmas. Christmas, yes, you crazy people that like Christmas. I don't know who, um, what you're doing. But anyway, um, we have, my family came after, after I lived in New Mexico for a while, had some family come in. My brother-in-law, food connoisseur, loves food. And so we're like, we're prepping him. Hey, you're going to have to, you know, red or green. He's excited for some New Mexico green chili, excited for some New Mexico red chili. So he gets there. We all make our orders. We're saying red or green. Gets to him. He's the last one. And he orders... Fajitas. Now, if you're not from New Mexico, you don't even know. But if you're from New Mexico, you know fajitas, the only thing on the menu that they're not going to ask red or green. So he's, he's waiting for the waitress to say, you know, red or green, and nothing's coming. And he's like, can I have some green chili? And then she's like, they don't come with green chili. We're like, get him some green chili. He needs to eat some green chili with those fajitas. Red or green? Well, that's not the only question that's being asked. Uh, we have, for the past couple weeks, been asking questions. We've been voting on questions, and we're starting one of my favorite series of the year for the next six weeks, answering your questions. The top questions that we've um, been asking and voting on for the past few months, and it's going to drive a lot of what we do over the course of the fall and even into 2020. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking about anger. How do I, how do I uh, get a better handle on my anger? And then on the week that we're doing the barbecue, the summer cookout, the 28th, there's like been never been a better time to bring a friend to check out Freedom because not only are they going to have a fun time, get some awesome food, hang out with some awesome people, but they're going to get to know what are we all about because on that day we're answering, can I lose my salvation? What the heck is this whole thing about? How do I get it? What is it? Can I lose it? All of those things are going to be answered. It's a foundational question of Christianity, a big question. So you can see the other ones that are on there. They're on our website as well. But this is going to be a fantastic series uh, for you. Take those invite cards, invite someone, because you're not the only one asking the questions. They're asking them too. 
There's a chance that they're asking them. They want to know. And so I would invite you to not only come yourselves, bring someone. If you miss a week, stay connected online. Watch them on YouTube. we got a podcast. I don't know where all we are, but we're online. You can find it on there. Today we're going to talk about how do I keep from stressing out? How do I, how do I not stress out? All the time. Have you ever heard uh, someone say, God will never give you more than you can handle? God, God's never going to give you more than, than you can handle. Or you're just like, I'm too, too stressed to be depressed. Or, or I'm, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a lie. There's not, it's not in um, Scripture anywhere. In fact, if you take a look at Scripture and you're stressed, you're in good company. Let's take a look at just some of the people in, in, um, in Scripture. Elijah. Now, if you don't know anything about him, he's a prophet in the Old Testament. Did tons of miracles. He did a lot of cool things that you and I are like, oh, this guy is like a patriarch of the faith. Like, he's, he's an amazing guy. Look what he said in 1 Kings 19.4. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Moses parted the Red Sea, led Israel, led, led the Hebrews out of Egypt. Like this mass exodus, he's the leader. What did he have to say? He said, God, if this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. He's under a lot of pressure. The people are complaining. It's intense. Listen, life, life is not about the absence of stress. So I hate to disappoint you right off the start. I can't answer this question of how do I, how do I get rid of my stress? How do I not be stressed out? I, 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 you can't. I'm not going to give you that answer. It's, it is not about not living with stress. That's life. Today's going to be more how do we deal with the stress in our life? How do we handle it better? How do we, how do we take these on? Jesus himself. Jesus. Jesus says, in this world, you will have many trials and sorrows. Thank you, Jesus. The one who this whole thing is built off says uh, it's not about avoiding stress. It's coming. In fact, you're going to have a lot. Thanks. So if you're coming to Christianity, or if you're new to Christianity, you're checking it out, or you've been here for a while, and you're like, man, I, I don't want stress in my life, and you don't go to Christianity. <laughs> don't. Because it's not going to point you to a stress-free life. But there's hope. He says, take heart. Because I have overcome the world. So if you're here today and you've, you're dealing with stress, you're dealing with doubt, you're dealing with worry, you're dealing with anxiety, and you've, maybe you've been to church where you've been made to feel less than. Oh, you have doubts? Oh, you're worried. Oh, you struggle with anxiety. Oh, you, str you have depression. You've had suicidal thoughts. And you've been made to feel like if you were a good Christian, you wouldn't have those things. Or you're less than if you're dealing with those things. I want to tell you that within the realm of Christianity, like all, you see it all there. Every story in Scripture, someone is struggling with stress. They're struggling with that. It's an opportunity for them to move in a certain direction. Am I going to trust this thing or not? And I just want to take a quick time out. If you're struggling with a mental illness, if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, here at Freedom, you're in a safe place. It is okay. 
At the same time, I will let you know I am no professional. I am no doctor. I cannot diagnose. I have lots of friends who are. I can point you and get you uh, in the right direction for resources. Some people, they just need counseling. Some people, they might need to take some medication. Some t- it might be a mix of both. Some, it may be neither of those. I don't know, but it can be diagnosed. And you don't have to feel less than because you're struggling with a mental illness. At the same time, we all deal with stress. And so I want to go today, I want to go beyond surface level stuff. I want to go beyond the, well, I've had a bad day, so I've got to have a drink or three or six to make it through the night with my kids or my spouse. I want to go beyond the temporary fixes of just taking a hit or getting that quick fix or I'm feeling stressed so I'll go look at the porn because that will de-stress me or I'll go and I'll cut because I, I can't feel anything. I feel so numb and I will even cut in order just to feel something to go and get this temporary relief. You want to know why people go for a drink? You want to know why people will go for, for a hit or a high? You want to know why they will go to porn or why they will cut? And, why, and you may be scratching your head. Why would they do that? It works. For all of those reasons, it de-stresses them and it works. Temporarily. Did it actually solve anything? Did it actually fix anything? No. The situation stayed the same. And in many cases, you know this, you've either seen it or you've experienced it. In many cases, it made the situation worse. So I'm not going to give you the quick fix. I want to go beneath the surface on how do we deal with their stress. If you're open today, if you have an open heart and you have an open mind today, I think God's going to set you free of some stuff. But you've got to go to a dark place and do some digging because this stuff is deep inside. These are heart issues. These are soul issues. This is not, oh, well, let's go take a two-week vacation and we'll be fine. Anyone that's been on a two-week vacation already this summer, guess what? It looked great on social media, but what? You were stressing (laughs) with anxiety trying to get there and all that sort of stuff. I want, I want fixes that are going to be long-term, that will be eternal, that will help us set us free. So what, would it, what do we got to do? Because this isn't behavior modification today. If you're taking notes, uh, you can write this down. We need to address the stress. Name it. Address the stress. What is it? What is it? Or maybe it's a who. Who is it that is causing your stress? How many of you would say it's your job? Job is causing you some stress in your life, okay, okay. How many of you would say it's my kids? My kids are causing me some stress. How many of you, your kids, you're saying it's my parents? My parents, they're causing me stress. How many of you would say my spouse? It's my spouse. That, no, don't answer that. That's a bad pastor joke. Don't answer that. Uh, uh, we'll do a relationship series in the fall. In some ways, that's kind of God's design for them. They're supposed to cause you stress. They're supposed to kind of reveal uh, you and mirror you. Um, and, and that's actually a good thing to make you better. But we'll deal with that in the fall. You could go to almost any scripture, any person, any situation in scripture and see a stressful situation that's happening. So just take your pick. Today, we're going to look at a classic one, Martha and Mary, two sisters. You can find this in Luke chapter 10. Starting in verse 40, it says, But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. 
Now a little bit of context. Martha and Mary, their sisters, their brother, Lazarus, he's the one that Jesus raised from the dead. But Martha and Mary, they're together, and Jesus comes to their home in Bethany. He's going to hang out with them. It's a big deal. And it's not just Jesus, it's all his disciples. There's like a great group of people. So you just think about someone of high honor coming to your house for the evening. You're going to clean, you're going to prep, you're going to get things ready. You want it to look good. You don't want it to be embarrassed. You want to be a good host. You want to be hospitable to everyone. You don't, you don't want to burn the food. You want to set it out. Like, that's okay what Martha's doing, but it says she was distracted. And, and she's starting to look for Mary, her sister. Like, Mary, you live here. It's, you, I need you to help me out. And, and Martha, you can imagine, she's in there. She's getting things ready. She's going, but not seeing Mary. And then I don't know if you have one of those people in your house, or maybe you're one of those where all of a sudden you're needing some help, and you're in the kitchen, and all of a sudden you're kind of kicking doors, and you're kind of knocking pots around, like trying to get some attention. Like, I'm working in here. Who's, I need some help or something. And then she goes and looks, and Mary She's sitting at Jesus' feet. Can you imagine the frustration in this stressful situation? It's a good situation that they're there, but it's causing stress. And this stress just kind of vomits all over everyone. It actually comes on to Jesus. It says, she came to Jesus and says, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear, dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all the details. Address the stress. Name it. What are, I wonder for you, what are all the details that have you stressed? This is important. If you're not doing it now, you could do it on your phone, but sometime this week, write it out. What is it that has you stressed? Is it something that's unfair? Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that they got that job promotion? I was the one, I was the best suited for that job and they, that's unfair that that cancer came. They, I didn't do anything for that. I, I, that illness that came, that was unfair what they did. That divorce, I didn't do anything. They left me and now I am stuck with all of this mess. It's unfair. Maybe it's relational. It's unfair that my sister fill that in with my spouse. We, we, we can't even have a conversation about intimacy because the dude doesn't even have any emotions. He can't even talk about emotions. It's like trying to talk to a wall. We can't connect. He wants to have sex and we can't even, we, I don't even feel connected to this guy. And he's saying, well, we, I, I don't feel connected because we don't have sex. Like I, I can't, I can't, there's nothing happening here. Now I'm in a dead marriage and we're stressed about my spouse. Maybe it's your kids. It's my toddlers that are stressing me out. Mom, 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 anybody, any mom, mom, ah, what? I need my binky. You don't need Binky to go to sleep. And then the parents of teenagers, they're like, my teenager, I would give anything to go back to the days of I need my Binky because these hormones come on are raging right now. I would take Binky any day over this. Or teenagers, you're saying, my parents, or grown-ups, you're saying, my parents. Parents, the expectations 
can never be met. Nothing's good enough. What is it that's stressing you out? She just sits there. And I do all the work. Comparison, moms. Comparison will stress you out to no ends, mom. Look at her. They got all those kids, they're dressed good, they look great, they're happy, they're getting good grades, they're playing the piano. My kids dress like they're homeless, I don't even know where they are half the time. And she's in a size two, that's not even fair, how does that even happen? Or gentlemen, always like, life always has an er to it. Theirs is newer, it's bigger, it's sexier. It's faster. They're richer. There's always an er, and in comparing, there's no win. There's no win. I love in Ecclesiastes how, how Solomon, he had everything. He had everything. And this is how he summed some things up. He says, Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. This is written thousands of years ago. You think it's written today. Most people are driven to success because they envy their neighbors. This too, it's ridiculous. He says it's meaningless. It's ridiculous to live this way. It's chasing after the wind. It's never enough. Whatever it is, whatever the er is, once you have it, somebody has more. And it's never enough. It's a chasing after the wind. It will stress you out till no end. Teenagers, listen to this. Because you guys grow up in this culture in Los Alamos with a stress competition. Oh, you got, you got three AP classes coming up this semester and you got all of these assignments and, and you, you've got this, uh, this sports that's going on and you got this hobby and you got these grades. Well, guess what? I have four AP classes. I'm taking two college classes. And then we stress ourselves out. We think whoever's more stressed is winning. That's sickness is what that is. That's not healthy. Teenagers, listen to me. And you might be getting that pressure from your parents. This level of stress, they said back in the 2000s that teenagers in the 2000s had the same level of anxiety as a psychiatric patient in the 1950s. And that was back in 2000. It's sick and unhealthy, the stress that we put on. Stress can come from anywhere. Tell her to help me, Jesus. Because if this doesn't get done now, I don't know what it's going to look like in the future in a few hours. Like, I, I don't know. Like, this is going to be embarrassing. This is going to be a bad deal. You're, not, you're going to make us look bad. And the future is so uncertain. God, I need you to take care of things now. And I'm stressed out about the future that is uncertain and I don't know. I mean, you just take your pick on whatever it is because any of us have our stress. I'm just asking you to name it. Is it Fox News and watching politics and getting all wound up about politics? Is that your stress? Is your stress going to come in a couple months when the NFL starts? And your, your Sunday afternoon is going to be made or not made based on how a bunch of 20 and 30 year old men perform on a field. And everybody in your house is going to feel the wrath if they blow it. Name it. Name your stress because this, if you can name it, 
This is a starting point. Martha, you are worried and upset about all of this stuff. I encourage you, make your list. You're like, Mike, my list can go for days. It could go for weeks. Write it down. Please do write it down because Jesus says, I'll narrow it down to one. He says, Martha, there's only one thing, Martha, that is be worth being concerned about. Mary, she discovered it. I'm not saying ignore all these things. We've got to deal with them and we're going to get there. I'm just saying name it because your stress is a test. That's the second thing. Your stress is a test. It's going to reveal what's inside. It shows you who. It's going to get you to a point where you've got to do some digging here, but not what is stressing you, but why is it stressing you? What is it that's going on beneath the surface that's causing so much stress behind this? Stress is an opportunity to display what is on the inside. What's going on when there's a little bit of pressure, when things are being shaken up, what is happening? What's going to, these little stressful frustrations that are going on, what's going on on the inside? Anybody want to come party with me? <laughs> Anyone want to join the uh, cleanup team this afternoon and see what's going on? Like this stuff. Who, who loves hanging out with stressed out people? Your kids don't. I mean, there's so much fun, the anxiety that's just oozing. You never know what's going to come. The panic and the tension that just goes on that's near these people. And then when it does come out, oh my gosh, it just, it sticks on all of us. Because of the pressure. Same thing's happening. We can handle these things. It reveals stress and pressure will reveal what is going on on the inside. We're going to talk more about this next week when we talk about anger. Oh, it was just, I was just frustrated. It was just a moment of anger it, or just a moment of frustration. That's just a nice way of saying anger. Like what's the difference? If we're smart, if we're wise, we'll take note of these things and see this was a test. It revealed something in me that I don't necessarily like. Maybe there's something that's deeper that's going on here. Mary, there's only one thing that's worth being concerned about. You don't know what you have until you're under a little bit of pressure. Think Job. Satan goes to God. Well, actually, God goes to Satan. Hey, have you seen my servant Job? Dude's awesome. Thanks, God. Keep my name out of your mouth, please, because uh, I, I like the way things are going. Satan says crack him open. Put some stress on his plate and let's see what comes out. It reveals what's going on the inside. Satan knows that too. He'll put some stress on your life to see where you are really headed. Martha, you're worried and upset over all the details. Listen, ignore the stress long enough. Unaddressed stress will eventually become your identity. Martha, you are you are worried. You are upset. You are anxious. You are depressed. You are alone. You are messed up. You are a failure. What identity are you listening to that you're putting these things on yourself to say, this is who I am. 
they're revealing some things that are deep in our hearts to say, um, really I had an outburst because I was angry. But if I look at that anger, I feel guilty. I didn't meet my own expectations and I hate myself right now. And I'm lashing out. I, I, I lashed out under stress because if I look under the surface, I hate myself. I'm insecure. I'm afraid. If I'm honest, I'm greedy. I do want more. When I get more, I don't think, hey, how can I bless others? I think, hey, how can I use that to expand my kingdom? Oh, I don't like that. It reveals some things that are going on on the inside. And then eventually unaddressed stress will lead to missed opportunities. Martha had one of the best opportunities to sit at the foot of Jesus. And she was missing out. You can think of other people in scripture. Samson missed out on so many opportunities. Because he, he caved into his, his lusts and his stress. Esau was stressed and he gave up his birthright. So many promises and he gave up because of the stress in his life. Let me just tell you, the immediate relief that you get from something, the temporary fix is never, never greater than the consequences. The consequences are so huge. Unaddressed stress will lead to missed opportunities the thing that was worth the most. Third thing is my stress, my stress, which is a test, it's an opportunity. Look at your neighbor and say, opportunity. Opportunity to be blessed. This comes from James, the brother of Jesus. His, his letter, very first sentence says, this is a letter from James. A slave of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Did I, say, did I mention this is the brother of Jesus. Imagine what it would take for you to say this about your brother. I'm a slave to my brother who is God, Jesus Christ. Christ is not his last name. It's uh, the Messiah, the anointed one. He's, he's the one. It's one of the things I love about scripture. These were eyewitnesses to these things and they wrote about it when there were other eyewitnesses around who saw all the same stuff but could have refuted it and they're like, nope, that was the guy. And James, the brother of Jesus, who during Jesus' life did not believe in him after the resurrection, he said, this guy's my Lord and my Savior and I will follow him no matter what. Guy calls his own death and resurrection. I'm going to listen to what that guy says. And he pulled it off. And James says, I'm going to pull it off too. Even, or I'm going, to watch, I'm going to follow him too, even if he's my brother. Then he goes on and says this in the next verse. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, when stress comes your way, and it will, consider it and say this with me. Consider it a opportunity for great joy. Your stress is an opportunity to be blessed. And most of us think my, my, my stress is an opportunity for cardiac arrest, all right? Like it is not good. It is not an opportunity for great joy. I do not want this. And some of you might be thinking very seriously, like Mike, I, time out. I was, my stress is, I got sexually abused when I was a little kid. My purity 
was taken away. I got raped when I was younger. You're saying that's good? Hear me clearly. No, absolutely not. Evil is evil. It is not good, and I'm not saying that was good. But if you can name it, I know a name above any other names who says, I can take everything, good or bad, good or evil, and I can turn it into good. Romans 8.28 says this. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. It's an opportunity for God to do something great. No, I wouldn't wish it on you. I wouldn't wish it on me. I wouldn't wish it on anyone else. But it's happened. You may not be at fault for what happened to you. Fault is in the past and someone did it and it's not good. But I'm talking about right now. Because what you do right now, the choice you make right now, you are responsible for that. How are you going to move forward? Are we going to stay in the past or are we going to look and move forward from these negative things, put our trust in God and watch Him do miracles in our lives? It's an opportunity for great joy. You say, I don't see it. A lot of times we don't but I'm going to continue to trust regardless. Because maybe there's more to it. Your stress is not about you. Never was. Because James goes on, he says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So say this with me. So let it grow. Let it grow. There's something that needs to be produced. There's something that is being developed. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you're under stress today, James would say, good. No stress, no strength. No stress, no strength. It's an opportunity for great joy because it's an opportunity for his strength to grow in me. It's an opportunity for me just to get to know who this God is just a little bit better. Let it grow. So many times we're trying to figure out, okay, I named the stress. Is this from God or is this from Satan? Is it from, from God or from Satan? I don't know. I know that it doesn't matter who it came from. Because God is the one who's in control. And if I put it in his, in his hands, he can make it all good and let it grow. God can take our stress and turn it into a blessing. A great blessing. If we will allow it. If we will allow it. And ultimately, my stress is not about me. It's an opportunity not only to be blessed, but if you can see it, if you can receive it, it's an opportunity to bless. It's an opportunity to point, not to my story, but to point to his story. And if we're honest in here today, some of us are facing some real stress. Like it's hit the fan and it's tough. You've got some real hurts, you got some real bad things that are, are taking you out, that are threatening you. And you're struggling and you're overwhelmed. 
You got the, the enemy speaking to you, saying, well, if you're a good Christian, you wouldn't do this. And he's trying to keep you down, and he's trying to shame you, and he's trying to condemn you. And you need to remind him, devil, you're not in charge of this thing. You have been defeated on the cross when Jesus hung on the cross. You were defeated when he rose from the grave. You were defeated. Devil, I'm not listening to your lies anymore. You're trying to condemn. You're trying to, to, to keep me living in shame. And I have victory. I'm not going to live this way anymore. It's okay sometimes to talk to the enemy who's trying to put you down in your stress. Or even talk to yourself who's trying to shame yourself. And say, no, I'm not living that way anymore. I have great victory, and this isn't even about me. I'm going to see other people blessed. I hear Joseph screaming back in the Old Testament, saying, I didn't do this. This is all unfair. I'm living in prison. I had something better planned, and this was done to me. Forty years later, he's saying, you know what? You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. It's all good, baby. I can see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego facing the fiery furnace. And they're saying, no, 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 King, King Nebuchadnezzar, I will not bow down. You can do whatever you want, but we serve a God who saves. We serve a God who does miracles. But even if he doesn't, I'm still not going to bow down. I hear Paul in the New Testament saying the things that we are dealing with today are so small in comparison to what we will see in glory. He says, for what they're going to produce will far outweigh them and outlast them forever. Jesus, ha, in his final moments, when it is just all about to hit the fan from him, he's, he's praying in the garden and he's kneeling in the garden and he's saying, God, Father, Daddy, if there's any other way than this, please. Three times he prayed the same thing in the same moment. It looks like it's all going to be just a giant breakdown. He's on the edge of a breakdown. What I want you to see is today, what I'm trying to help you see freedom is he was also on the edge of a breakthrough. He was on, he was right at the edge of his mission for a breakthrough. He's saying, take it away. The stress is too much. I don't want it. Yet, I will trust you. Not my will, but your will be done. Freedom. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And I'm trying to tell you, it's not about you. Your stress is not about you. It's about telling his story. He wants to use you and work in you and through you for a greater purpose. And you may not see it today, but I'm saying, don't give up. Don't give up today. Whatever you're on the edge of, you're like, I don't have it in me. I want to give up. I'm stressed. I don't think I can go through it. Take one more step of faith today. And that's all I'm asking you to take. Take one more step of faith. Name it. What is the stress that's breaking you? What is that stress? Name it. Understand it's a test. Maybe you don't like how you're dealing with the stress. It's probably revealing something very deep within you that you need to, to wrestle with and deal with, but then see, okay, this is an opportunity to be blessed, and it's an opportunity to bless. You do that today, freedom. You're going to take a step towards freedom. may not solve the stress. In fact, you get out of here, the stress may get bigger. It's not going to just take it all away, but I promise you, you keep taking these steps towards freedom, seeing God and trusting Him in it, 
you're going to see freedom. You're going to see blessing. And your other people are going to say, not what are they going through. They're going to like, how did you do that? How? How did you do that? I want to know your story. So with that, can we stand? Can we pray? Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.